Hello and welcome to the Paddle School Podcast. Your host and paddle coach Sandy here. Each episode I will share with you my paddle coaching experience, bringing you top tips, latest news from around the world and interviewing some of the leaders in the industry and all to help you play your best paddle. So let's not waste any more time, get comfortable and enjoy the episode. This is going to be a really interesting episode because we're actually talking with one of the players who actually had their first experience in the European Championships. It's his first international competition. And so we're going to talk to him today about how he trained for it, what he thought of the experience, and also what he plans to do to prepare himself for the next international competition. So in this interview, we're going to talk with Nikhil from the British team. Nick, so first of all, thank you very much for coming on this podcast episode. I'm quite excited about this because we've obviously just come back from the European Championships in Marbella and it was your first European Championships probably of many. Um, So it'd be good to kind of get your feedback of the event and and how you prepared for it and what you would do in the future um, just for those that are, you know, starting to compete in tournaments and things like that. So just to kind of start, um, how did you get involved in paddle in the first place and also how did you get involved in kind of competing? Well, firstly, thanks for having me, Sandy. It's a great experience to be on this podcast with you. And um, I first got involved with Paddle. Well, should I say I first saw Paddle when it came to my home club, David Lloyd Chigwell, I think in around 2012 or 2013. And Maori Andrini and Tom Murray were, were playing there's kind of an opening event. And I went along, really enjoyed it, saw it. But I was more always more into my football. So... After that, I, I was like, I'll play it socially, but never with really intent to improve just the social aspect of it. And as more and more time went on, having a few lessons with Maori while he was there, and then Tom and all the coaches um, that kept coming. Uh, I, I then went back to it in 2017 after I kind of finished with my football playing days. And... I started training from 2017, which was uh, about four years ago with Vita Perez. And that's where I started to take it more seriously, where I saw the potential of paddle growth and started watching the World Paddle Tour. And I really did find an interest in it. Then training, I had about three lessons a week and I just really started to enjoy it. I was engrossed in paddle, traveling to Spain then to... Were you playing competitions at this point or, or just kind of training? I was playing in the British paddle, the old British paddle C grade and um, playing with just random people. I just really wanted to get involved with it. I've never competed in such a double sport, for example. Football was always 11 aside, so there's not much pressure on you. But here was like the focus is on you. And I, I did like that aspect. So I started to compete in every tournament possible, even I remember losing my first tournament, six love, six love in category C. I was devastated. I was crying on the court and I was like, oh, I need to get better at this. So then that's when I really started to, I remember seeing that the most important aspect was tournaments. So I just tried to play as many tournaments as I could. Mm, yeah. And I think, I mean, your your game has developed a lot. I mean, I've seen you playing, you know, probably over the last two or three years and you've come out a couple of times to Dubai and during that time like each time I feel that your game has improved through probably just training and perseverance from from your side and obviously kind of getting ready for this European Championships I know that it was a big goal of yours this year to get picked in the team um, first of all and that was a big kind of driving factor but how did you 
feel like you were kind of doing your preparation? Let's say six six to nine months ago, um, you were based in the UK. How was how was that kind of preparation for uh, your European Championships? Well, it was made a lot harder due to the pandemic. Everything closing, travel restricted, so that was a bit of a dampener. But the European Championships being moved to a year later did also give me another chance to prepare myself. But one thing I did underestimate was the physical side of paddle. I focused a lot on the tactical, the technique. But when you're in the game, you sometimes forget about the technical. Oh, you've got to hit the bandeka this much slice. You've got to hit the volley in this way. You kind of forget about it because your main priority is to win. And Absolutely. This is why I'm always talking about kind of focusing on you know, tactics. Um, but yeah, essentially you can only focus properly on tactics if you're not tired. If you're tired, like you were saying, the physical side is crucial. So, you know, obviously lockdown has made the paddle bit a bit difficult. Were you kind of training physically during that time? Yes, I was going on, bought some equipment online, a few weights, etc., and started to do some home workouts, some with my PT on, online with Zoom, going for runs and just doing as much as I could really. And it was, of course, everybody had the same situation, Mm. but it was in a way I did enjoy it as well, because if you wanted to be. Yeah, I mean, everyone everyone was in that same situation, right? So the ones who are going to come through it well are the ones that are kind of pushing in more difficult circumstances, you know, and and it was very, very easy, wasn't it, to just kind of sit back, you know, eat what you shouldn't and, you know, think well, <laughs> everyone's stuck inside, so you're not going to make the most of it. But um, I mean, I think also you came during the pandemic as well to Dubai for, I think, two or three weeks. And we did quite a lot of training in that time. I felt like we made some real progress. You were you were playing really well towards the end of that. And I remember you going back to the UK and I, I saw through social media some of the training that you were doing and you know outdoor court with a bag of balls and, and some kids and I, I remember saying look Nick you really need to go to Spain and compete and train properly if you want to kind of make this European championships team um which you did all credit to you I think a couple of days later you booked your flight and you you went out there so let's talk a little bit how was your experience training in Spain I mean, not compared to the UK, because obviously it's difficult to compare, but, you know, how did, how did you find that experience? Well, yeah, like you said, there's no comparison with the level difference. Um, training in Spain is a fantastic experience. I think if anyone, if you have the option to do that and the opportunity, you definitely should get out there just because it's just a different way of coaching and the player, the standard of players is just amazing out there. Um, I went to train in Alicante for a month and a half prior to the European Championships in Marbella, in Alicante at the Bella Paddle Academy. And I've got to say that is one of the best facilities I've ever seen with outdoor courts, indoor courts, gym available at your disposal. And importantly, some good players. You of know, course. That, that's the bit that I feel like, you know, these developing countries are lacking. They all have kind of nice courts, good gyms, you know, nice facilities. But the really important bit is the good players to train against. No, exactly. And having the opportunity to play against a World Paddle Tour player like Christian Fuster every day was was a real shock because I'd never played against that level before. So it made you think about, okay, you've either got to put the ball a few inches over the net or it's got to be a lob. Anything in between, the point is over. So having that 
in your head also change the tactics and the perspective of when you look at paddle you don't think oh people have the first thought is oh that looks like a simple idea but as you move up the levels you realize it's such a tactical game you have to the main objective is to put the ball where the other player cannot attack so mm. it is very tactical that's one of the things I enjoy most about paddle is the fact that the higher the level you get to, the more tactical and the more physical it becomes, um, which is a nice, nice about sport and makes it challenging, you know, right the way, right the way through. So obviously you had probably the best possible preparation for the European Championships. You got picked in the team, amazing, um, which you were obviously very, very happy with. Um, and so then we went as a team to Marbella. How was your experience kind of getting to that scene because I remember I think the opening ceremony night you've obviously got you know Juan Martin, Paquito you know all of the rest of the Spanish team there and obviously all the other teams as well how did you feel at the, the beginning there? Yes it, it was quite surreal going to the um, opening ceremony and that's when I really saw the vibe of the whole tournament where all the teams are together chanting aloud and I really did like that and Sitting down, looking to my left, seeing Paquita Navarro, Juan Martin Diaz, Uri Botello, and even all the um, ladies that I watch, Marta Ortega. And it, it was a fantastic experience. I really liked the opening ceremony, all the teams, seeing which new teams there are, the different players, and I, I really enjoyed it. Mm, yeah. And you also got your your first taste of an international paddle tournament where everything is in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit hard. Yeah, hopefully that will that will change um, at some point. And yeah, I mean, then then obviously you know we we had a couple of practice days, didn't we, as a team, which was nice. And um, one of my favourite things uh, about playing these competitions is being part of a team, and that's something I loved in tennis as well with college tennis. And it's it's nice because usually, like you say, you, there are two of you on the court, but it's nice to have a team of kind of eight of you with a coach and, you know, you're all kind of going towards a common goal. So how did you find that team setting? That's the first time for me I've ever had a team setting like that. So it was very unique. We trained for a couple of days before. It was great to mix with everyone because unfortunately I don't have the chance to do that with the GB team having our players located all over the world. So it was a really good and happy feeling when we were all together, team photos, etc. And just mixing and matching, playing the matches together. I feel like we grew as a team definitely there. We formed a, a stronger connection and I, I think that's really important to the team. Yeah, and I think it's also important mentioning like that's always been one of our biggest struggles with our British team is that we're based in different places, most of whom are in Spain. I think you're the only one who was coming from from the UK, but uh, that's something that we, you know, we definitely need to work on in the coming years is the level of more players coming from the UK. So after our, our couple of training days, we got straight into our, our matches with our first match against Finland. And what a match that was to kind of be your opening game where we end up, you know, coming the third rubber and then going to the third set of that rubber and it 6-2 down in the tie rate to come back and to win 8-6. I mean, the kind of adrenaline watching from the side, it was, you know, it was like you were actually on the court. I mean, it was uh, it was intense, wasn't it? How, how did you kind of feel during those experiences? That was a real shock because I didn't realise you'd be that much into the match, even if you're not playing. You feel like you're on the line as much as the players are in the court. So you're really trying to push them with your voice. 
and it was just amazing to be able to see the level of other countries and compared to ours. I mean, to be honest, that, that experience of playing Finland, when I saw Finland in the draw, I was like, oh, that won't be too bad, you know? Like, they've only just started. They've started a couple of years ago. How good could they have got in that time? But, I mean, them and Denmark, the level was really, really impressive. Yeah. We, <laughs> to be honest, we deserve to have lost that match. You know, they were in a, a winning position. They... They played really, really well. And I just, yeah, I was, I was blown away by, by that level and by the level of the whole tournament. Like all the teams seemed to be playing really, really well. I mean, don't know what more to say to that. It was, it was impressive, wasn't it? That first day, everyone came away. We were the last caught on, on, you know, the intensity was so high. And it was a good job we won that because it meant that we could actually finish second in our group. We ended up losing to Belgium, who came first. And I think you played your first European game where you played in the couples competition, but the first team game, was that in the group stages or was that with, because I know we played together against Poland, but when was your first team game? So my first team game when I played against Belgium in the third rubber and with Ryan and that, that was a great experience. (laughs) I've never felt nerves like that before. I've never experienced like that in England so it was a fantastic experience in the in the scorching heat. It was um, definitely yeah. fun. Two, two p.m. match, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, nice two p.m. match with uh, Paquito walking past and watching. It was a bit. I was trembling a little bit, <laughs> but yeah, it was great. Uh, it was good to get that out of the way because I feel like every match you played, you got a little bit more relaxed than you. You know, it was kind of peaking obviously then because you know it was such a big stage. For you wasn't it and then you know each time you were a little bit more used to it until probably towards the end of the week you got quite comfortable on the court would you say yes um the belgian match was really like the inauguration match for myself and then playing against poland with you was i think another benchmark for me because i felt very comfortable and there was a little bit pressure on the match because i, uh, I felt like we should win but also I felt that pressure was good and needed so taking control of the court etc and we played a good game we played well yeah yeah so we managed to get the win which was great and that that's the most important thing in Padua I think is confidence that changes the way you play it changes the, the outcome of the match I, tr- I truly believe that definitely then after Poland I'm trying to remember who we played it's just a bit of a blur I think then we played Lithuania did we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Finland, yeah, Belgium, then Lithuania. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. God. Feels like it was a long time ago, but it was like, <laughs> like not even two weeks ago. Yeah, we played Lithuania. That's right. And then Belgium to finish, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Belgium. It, it was good. And then you, you, I think you played, did you play both of those? Yeah, I played against Poland and Belgium twice and uh, one match in the couple. Couple, yeah. unfortunately, having to withdraw the next round due to my partner's injury. Yeah, but that's right. Yeah, I'm sure we'd have given the French. To be honest, it was a good, I mean, it was a good week. You played what four or five matches at a yeah. really high level, at a, you know, on a good stage, pressured stage. You know, I think if you were to do that again, or, or in the next championships, because obviously we managed to qualify for Qatar, but in your next championships, you will probably be a little bit kind of calmer. Do you think going into those games? Most definitely. I think this time I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to perform and and underestimated the level of other countries 
I, uh, and the most important thing for me was confidence. So to go to Qatar, if I'm lucky enough to get picked again, I think hopefully I would have understood and learned a lot from this previous tournament mm. and and hopefully put it into match practice. So obviously now you went straight back to the UK after the European Championships. And I mean, that must have been a bit of a, a level shock going from the European Championships. How have you found paddle back there? You've, you've, you've managed to arrange a, a couple of good games, though. But um, where do you feel like the UK have got to go in order to kind of reach these other, other countries? Well, the biggest thing is, I think, where we are lacking is private investment, where Sweden and all these other countries are thriving due to government subsidies, etc. And they're all converting the tennis players into great paddle players. They've already got the racket skills. Mm-hmm. That's something we're struggling to do when we've only got 90 courts in the UK and we're still managing to finish sixth in the European Championships when everyone within the 10 have got more than double R's. Mm-hmm. Definitely we need to start training more tennis players, I think, and just introducing it at a younger age. Of course, it's still in its early steps in the UK, but it's definitely necess- it's a necessity if we want to really make a, another step and improve. Yeah, and and for me, um, obviously, kind of moving back to the UK, like this is one thing that I quite like. In some ways, it's a bit of a blank canvas because there's so much to do. Not not a lot at this point has been done, and so I think we can make some kind of really, really good kind of strides with the paddle in the coming years. So your takeaway from uh, the championships is, is what, what will you personally be working on kind of moving forward? Personally, it would be match practice because it's like I mentioned earlier, it's so different when you step into a match and you do forget about some technical things you've learnt. So that is the most important practicing matches just but good matches as well not ones just social aspect go and play as many tournaments as you can go and compete as much as you can because it really does change the outcome I didn't have much experience of tournaments and that did show because decisions shop decisions I was taking it, it wasn't necessarily the right ones but I definitely will be taking a look at playing more competitive matches as well as not neglecting the physical side so much when during the third set you realise it's about 30 degrees outside and you need to push for this last point, etc. Yeah, so the physical side and also the mental side of playing and competing. Yeah, and I think, well, I mean, once travel kind of opens up a little bit, which obviously will hopefully happen at some point, and um, now there are so many tours that you can play in. You know, you've got the APT, you've got the FIP, you've got Swedish tour, but there's a Belgian tour that's pretty good. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, in the coming years, we'll be able to increase the level in, in the British uh, tour as well, if we can kind of make it incentivize uh, players coming across for it. So there are definitely opportunities and possibilities to, to kind of play those matches. What would be your one kind of piece of advice for someone that is competing, like, you know, maybe a younger player that, that's coming through and that would like to one day compete for their team, whichever country they're in? And what would, what would that one piece of advice be? I think, as I mentioned, play tournaments as early as you can because that's the way 
to that's kind of a benchmark how you see how you're improving so the earlier you can get playing tournaments it doesn't matter regardless of the result you can definitely improve the most in my opinion by playing competitive matches and also i didn't do this enough is enjoy your time in court because whenever myself and my partner used to make a mistake i was like ah oh, we could have done better there we could have won that point but after it's gone <laughs> you can't do anything about it and watching for example Juan Lebron and Ali Galan it's like two different ends of the spectrum when Ali Galan makes a mistake you see Lebron he's complaining all the time of course he's the one of the best players in the world but i'm sure and he even mentioned it himself he's working on not trying to do that so i think just always be happy with your partner if you have something maybe a tactic go to say it to him or her and just really focus on the mental side as well as competing from an early age yeah i completely agree with that and it's uh, it's difficult isn't it because lebron and glan are incredible athletes and players and so you know they're winning and so that's almost as role models they're kind of showing that with that kind of communication and kind of attitude towards each other that you know you can play top paddle when in reality it's very very difficult to play your best if you're having that communication with your partner and um, you know that i would say that they are the exceptions to the rule and really that kind of good communication positive kind of feelings with your partner are absolutely crucial if you want to be playing well and that's something that it takes practice and it takes matches doesn't it to to get in that situation and we've had that conversation a few times where it's been like right nick i just want you to enjoy this match i don't care like what happens it's very easy to especially when you're putting pressure on yourself to miss a ball at the beginning get frustrated and then it snowballs and before you know it you, you've lost the set and you're frustrated and you you know you're hating the game and and it, it's all come from you know missing one bandeja that you felt like you shouldn't have missed you know and that mental side is difficult but i like you said i think matches are probably the best way to work on it so obviously talking about you know matches in these these coming months before qatar or or, or just generally anyway for your training and you're also doing some some physical stuff as well you were saying yeah so i've really taken into account the physical side so i'm training with a pt and being asthmatic, I, I really have to train my cardio side as well as the strength side. So on-court ghosting, I think, is one of the best ways to do that, pretending there's a ball there. I've just got one of my friends to kind of direct me and really with resistant bands. I think that's more important than lifting weights, etc., because mobility is very important on the court. Yeah, you've got to be functional. Like, that's the thing is you know there's no point lifting weight if it kind of you know reduces your mobility because in paddle you it's multi-directional you're going into all sorts of kind of lunge positions and and lengthen uh, you know lengthening your stride it's um yeah it's not easy at all so um it's good that you're doing that that kind of functional training and and hopefully when i'm back in the near future we can do some on court training as well most definitely i'm looking forward to that <laughs> Yeah, maybe you get your revenge on on our last singles match. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see the new result now, Sandy. I'm a <laughs> European Championship player now. <laughs> yeah, now you're new Um Nick, thank you so much for for doing this episode um, with us. I know you're going off now to do some training, and uh, hopefully, yeah, I'll see you on court soon. Thanks, Sandy. 
I always find it interesting to hear how players have actually got into the sport and how they've gone to competing, you know, at the higher level and what they find is important. You can hear here that the mental side and the physical side are the most important attributes and really it comes from playing matches and playing matches as early as you possibly can. So if you want to compete at a high level or compete for your country one day, then we really recommend trying to get into competition as early as possible and playing as high a level competition as you can. I hope you found this episode useful and I'll hopefully see you on the next one.